This is Fragmented Reality, a digital bulletin podcast designed to bust the buzzwords that dominate enterprise technology. My name is Ben Mouncer, and in this episode I take my clutch of eggs, each containing an industry buzzword, to Craig Palmer, who leads Verizon's customer experience business in Europe. Craig, did you expect to be opening six eggs when you came to the office? I'm not sure I did expect to be opening six eggs. <laughs> I expect to have a nice little conversation, not, yeah. uh, not facing a new breakfast. <laughs> We've got six eggs, and within those six eggs are six enterprise technology buzzwords. Now, Craig works in the field of customer experience for Verizon, so there are a few there which are specific to his um, particular field. But there are also a couple more in there which our listeners will certainly be familiar with. So, Craig, put your hand into the bowl of eggs and pull out the first... Buzzword. I'll have a go. So multicoloured eggs. I'll go for the blue one because that's my football team. Craig's gone for a blue egg first. The future of work. Ah, the future of work. Now, I think the first first obvious question there is what comes to your mind when when you sort of see the phrase or hear the phrase future of work? So it's it's bandied about quite a lot, isn't it? What what comes to your mind? So I, I, yeah, so you're right, it is banded about quite a lot. And I think as you, as you, enter different organisations, the future of work means different things. I think the, the biggest thing that we've got to do is, in large corporates, is um, pay attention to the, the new working generations coming through, because they're actually defining the, the future of work. So there's that inertia between where we are today, with large corporates changing, and actually what the, what the new workforce, that's new way of working, means for the next generation coming through. So, in, you know, in the field I'm in, with customer service and technology, it's about how can we enable those people to have the experience they want as they come into the workforce. So, I, you know, I think it's, it's less about bricks and mortar. It's more about mobility. It's more about um, flexible working. You know, I, I sort of look at my, my son and his girlfriend and how they want to work. And I think that's the lead we need to take because actually they've got a, a much more balanced life um, a better, actually a more balanced life which is better for your working environment as well because it's, um, it's not as like when I came into the workplace that you, you had a career, you worked and you know, the, the 60, 70 hours a, year, a week to, to get yourself in, in the workplace and then you know you, you, you sort of, you connected your outside life around that. I think it's more holistic now how, these, how these, um, the next generation is coming through and we need to take note of that. Where, where do you think we are on that, on that journey? Do you think we're at sort of a crossover between generations at the moment? Because obviously you still have people who are used to the traditional um, methods of working and, you know, a more structured working day and working week. And you have the incoming generation, the millennials or the, the younger people who are coming in expecting something different. Does that present a challenge to corporations, do you think? I, I, mean, I, can, I mean, I can talk from where, where we are as, as Verizon. And I think we're, we're definitely embracing that challenge as with our L&D people last week. And, um, you know, talking about actually that the new working people coming into the organisation actually need some coaching as well. Because, you know, some of the ways that they expect to work are actually, you know, you you do need some sort of corporate responsibility around how you interact with people. So I think we are at a crossover. um, But what I see across everybody I work with is that openness to actually make it successful um, and and bring it in. So, yeah, undoubtedly be one of those those things that evolves and when we think we're there, um, it will change again. What's your personal preference? How, How do you work? Um, so I, I'm quite flexible with work. So I think um, I think most people in the technology industry are. So you know I'll I'll work as I I need to work to to get the job done. Um, I mean the conversation we had before we started the podcast. You know I, I live in Sheffield. I work in London three days a week. 
you know, work in Sheffield where I need to be. So I think that, um, that flexibility is, is more and more. Obviously, for a company to make that kind of change, it's quite, it can be quite a big thing. Apart from being just something that the next generation of employees want, what are the actual benefits, do you think, of that sort of future work environment where you're working remotely, you're working um, on the move, and you're working the hours that you want to work? Obviously, that, that sounds a, a great thing, and it is putting sort of the power in the hands of the employees, but what are the actual benefits from a business perspective? I, well, I think there's two things. I think, I think you say putting the power in, uh, in the hands of the employees to, to make that choice is a great thing. But actually, you need support in that structure as well. You know, so you've got to put some framework in place that they've got the support to um, get the access to to people they need when, you know, when when things arise that shouldn't arise. Um, I think definitely for an employer, um, that flexibility is is what our customers are looking for as well. So you know, when we're servicing customers, you know, we we need to have that flexibility around the workforce to be able to react to what they're they want. You know, we, we work across international time zones. Um, and I think it's, it's been reasonable on both sides. I think it's been reasonable with your employees as well as being reasonable with the customers as well. Excellent. Before we crack open the next egg, um, obviously when it comes to the future of work, there's, there's a, another buzzword or you know, thing on the horizon, artificial intelligence. What role do you think it will play going forward? Are you in the camp where you think AI will augment the workforce and empower the workforce, or do you believe it will result in a, you know, a huge loss of jobs and a complete sort of transformation of, of the workforce? So, I mean, again, AI is a, a buzzword that is absolutely out there. And the, you know, when you sort of look at it from a 50,000-foot view, the, the benefits for the employees the and benefits for customers are immense. I think we're at that starting point of actually realising the benefits of AI, you know, and, and what it will deliver. It's almost like, you know, you look at that, you, you know, there's, there's Where Wally um, posters. You look at that and you're looking for where AI is in the, the mass of what we're doing with customers. I think if you can pick it out, there are absolutely benefits. Excellent. That is a topic we could talk about all day. We're going to have to move on. Um, that's the future of work done. Should we uh, crack open another? We're going for a green egg, shall we? Yeah, they're a bit, bit, bit too big for hen's eggs, aren't they? They're more... <laughs> Um, like duck, duck, duck eggs, yeah, duck about the size of a duck egg. I say, what's next from the bowl of buzzwords? Ah, customer centricity. So customer centricity. Now, obviously, this is something particularly close to your <coughs> to is, your yeah. to your field of work. We we hear businesses talk a lot about um, how then you know they're completely pivoted towards um, putting the customer at the centre of what they do rather than um, the business or anything else like that. So, when you hear big corporations or smaller businesses saying that, do you do you believe that they actually have the means to be able to do that because obviously that's a that's a big commitment isn't it to completely shift and make the customer the center of everything and obviously this is the buzzword customer centricity is the word that you hear a lot around this so i think organizations do and i think you see i mean we've we've sort of touched on a couple of the areas that are important to this so actually you know start with the customer start with the employee and actually put the enabling technology and then you've got all the other things that we know processes and and change um, I mean, Verizon itself is going through um, a, a change at the moment, Verizon 2.0, which is all about that. It's all about pivoting the organisation, making the organisation um, absolutely customer-centric. So, you know, where we are customer-centric today and making that even more embedded in the organisation um, and what we're doing. And that comes with 
um, a change program that I've not sort of experienced before in my working life in terms of the way that they are I was going to say re-educating, but bringing people on the journey, you know, with the, the training we've got, how to think about employees, how to think about customers. And I think that's the important thing. The cultural change is the most important change to achieve customer centricity. Um, I think it falls down when we, again, when we start doing things like, you know, the, the buzzwords. So when you are driven by vendors, or actually, you know, a vendor wants to sell something, and you've been driven by the, the vendor's buzzword to adopt something, you know. It was, it was um, IVR, but it was automation, and now it's, now it's chatbots, it's AI. Actually, you've got to boil that back to, what does that really mean? What does it really mean for a customer? What does it really mean for the organisation? I think, obviously, the, the idea of the customer being very important, though, surely that, for businesses, that should have always been the case. Where do you think we've come from to this to this point where actually they're sort of waking up and realising that customers are really important. Why do you think this is only sort of happening now? So, so I, think, I don't think it's a wake-up. I think, I think you're right. I think organisations have always understood that the, 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 the customer is important and should be the most important thing. I think the reality now is that our customers have got more choice and, our differenti- and differentiation is more about customer, customer service than ever before. Um, I remember having a conversation with um, out of uh, customer service at a, a large bank probably five years ago. You know, he said at the time, you know, we get 18 months differentiation on a product. I, you know, the reality of product differentiation now is probably you know months, weeks. It's got to be about the service. And I think that's where we've got to drive. And it's right, you know, for you and I as consumers, it's right for our customers that you know having the right level of service and being able to be serviced how we want, when we want is the right way to go. So I think it's about the pace of change that is driving it. I think it's about um, the expectations of, of, of customers of all demographics now um, in what they want. So I think it's that pivot um, away, away from product to service. You said it takes a lot of work for companies like, internally to make this shift. Can, can you give us a bit more sort of detail on that and the sort of scale of change that has to take place within the organisation to make this, this change happen? And I, well, I think that comes. It's different organisations as to as to where the, um, the the scale of that change is. You know, you, you've certainly got new entrants where, you know, they they, they are building systems um, that can that can deal with that. I think a lot of the established business is is what we talked about earlier in the, in in this discussion that you've got a legacy. How do you move the legacy? And it's the pace of change of the legacy that is important, and and what drives the change. Um, and I think that's where we, you know, that's where you've got to focus. You've got to, you've got to work with people that can take the legacy and transform the legacy into, into the new world. Customer centricity, this drive. I mean, it's not going away. Is it? It's almost like an industry in itself now. There's technology out there that can help you with all this kind of stuff. Do you, do you sort of see that growing? And this isn't a, this isn't a buzzword that is going to go away anytime soon, is it? No, I, don't, I mean, I do think it's more than a buzzword. I think it is definitely a fundamental theme of where we will be for the for forever now. You know, putting the customer at the centre of, um, of what we do, and it should be. You know, and I think we've always aspired to that, and we've always done it. I think it's just the the measurement has moved on. You know, the measurement in where you know your customer centricity needs to be has moved on. So you need to react to that, and um, you know, with with the advent of more data being available around you know where your customers are, um, ever more connected devices, the security fears. You've got to bring all that together and put that at the heart of actually deliver more and more for your customers. Four eggs left to crack, so Craig, do you want to uh, 
dip your hand back into the bowl and pull out the next one. Let's see, uh, we'll go for the see what treats. Col- I'll go for the spread of colours. I'll get the yellow one now. So, one of each. So omni-channel. Omni-channel. Okay. So again, this is this is relevant in your in your field work. How, how would you um, how would you define what omni-channel is? So, I, it's actually interesting because I think the the definition of omni-channel has shifted. Um, so you know, if you go back, um, so, so definition today is how you can interact with an organisation um, using the channel you want. So any channel. Um, I think what is interesting about that is if you go back. Um, even two years, three years, you know, that was about traditional channels. It was, you know, does somebody want to um, phone in? Do they go in by email? Um, and that was pretty much your limited choice. I think what we're seeing now is actually organisations and individuals embracing every channel. So the channel becomes ubiquitous, you know, so WhatsApp, WeChat, um, Facebook Messenger. And I think that's what customers are wanting. And actually organisations are now stepping up to deliver. So how do you, you bring bring any contact from any individual into the organisation and deal with it. Um, and that's certainly been at the sort of centre of what we've been doing with customers now for a good sort of 18 months. And you know, and, it, and it's not an insignificant change. You know, you've got different technologies, you've got different processes, you've got different security fears around different channels, and you've got to bring them together and actually, um, and actually make that work. And, and it does effectively play into the other stuff you know, that, that are top of people's agenda. So, you know, how do you move to cloud to enable that? Because, you know, you, you can't do it with legacy technology. You need new technology. And um, a lot of the vendors that we're working with have been very good in sort of embracing that. Um, so we get that enablement. We get that enablement that um, customers can interact via the channel they want um, and how they want to interact with, with organisations. Would you say omnichannel is... It's had its day because the only reason I ask you that, and you know, I'm, I'm sort of following on from what you've said there. We at Digital Bulletin recently spoke to a, another um, company about this, and they work in this, and they, they sort of defined it as channelless rather than yeah. omni-channel. And do you feel that that's a sort of good definition? That, that's not a bad definition, yeah. actually. Yeah, um, I think what you've got to be careful of. I think when you sort of change the definition is, um, you know, you, people do recognise omni-channel, and they've got sort of a a leading star they're heading towards. You know, if you change the definition again. Um, I, I guess you've got a, a danger that people will go off that. So I think we know where we're heading with Omnichannel. Is it still is Omnichannel still a word used, you know, in the conversations that you have? Yeah, yes, it certainly is. I mean, I think um, yeah, certainly customers and um, certainly the vendors we work for as well recognise Omnichannel as it's almost like it is that leading star. You know, how we how do we uh, standardise transactions? Have you got any insights into what Horizon is doing in this in this area? Um, in terms of well, we're, I mean, we've got we've got two. There's two things we are doing. Well, there's two areas we're focusing on. So we have a massive wireless business in in the US mainly, um, with enormous contact centres. And you know, and I see the stats that sort of come out of that. We're absolutely embracing this. You know, to drive, um, well, not drive. Our customers are choosing to use different channels to interact with us. Um, which is, you know, fundamentally about different channel choice, using the channel they want. So we see all that sort of happening. Um, and then we are working with customers. So we're working with a lot of customers, a lot of projects we, we, we do now is less about voice. So it's, um, you know, how do I deal with voice in my contact center? But actually, how do I turn voice into a, a value channel rather than a service channel? And then how do I bring new channels in? Okay. So to finish that point, Omnichannel, in your view is... It's changing, it's evolving, but it's here to stay, and that's a, a 
that's a trend that will that will carry on. Okay, so we've got uh, halfway through. Three eggs to go. Yellow, blue, and green. Craig's gone for the blue. Yeah, the blue one again. Just digital disruption. Digital disruption. One of my favourites. This one. <laughs> I've never understood how the word disruption has come to mean because disruption is a negative, negative yeah. thing. Really, but obviously, in the technology industry, we've come to know it as something which uh, is a positive. So, I guess, what, what's your view on that? On that sort of thing, first of all, like digital disruption. How, how, how would you define that? I think there's probably two areas we've not talked about, which which play into the whole of this. So, digital disruption. Um, you know what it means for our customers and how we service our customers. Um, and then, you know, the, the, the area in businesses that's been affected by this. So in terms of sort of customers, I think it's the ubiquitous of, 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 um, of data, the, the access to phones, the way they want to sort of drive transactions. So it's that move away from the traditional way of interacting through, through voice um, to the move to interacting with organisations through a, a digital channel. So I think that's driving organisations to act. And it, it, it touches on what we've talked about, you know, how do you then implement an omni-channel? How do you build your organisation to sort of scale around that? I think for organisations, the bit that's sort of invisible to customers at the moment is the way connected devices are going to play to this. So I think that level of sort of digital disruption is, um, is changing. Certainly in the customer service world, um, how organisations will, will have to consume more data, secure more data, and then use that to drive a better customer transaction. What do you think of the word disruption? Do you think it's a bit? Well, I think, I think anything like this is, is good because it gets people thinking and talking. Okay. You know, and I think, you know, and that's not a bad place. No, you, you've got to evolve to change. So having that sort of challenge is not a bad thing because it allows the organisation to actually give some focus to something. Throwing it forward, do you think there's a window of um, there's a window for digital disruption which will sort of end at some point and will sort of level out and there'll be a digital environment that everyone's happy with, or do you think it's just going to rumble on and on and there'll be continual disruption? Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think it's um, it's almost come, become like the the power providers. You know, when you when you when the when electricity came along, how many generations ago? You know, the the head of electricity had a seat on the board and it was seen as you know, this, this new thing that we're going to drive the business. You know, I think we're there with technology now, but actually technology will just keep on changing and evolving. So I think this disruption will continue. Um, and it's the right thing it should continue because, you know, it's, you know we, we're at the infancy, infancy of AI. Um, we're at the infancy of, um, of sort of the migration to um, a lot of sort of cloud applications. So it's going to continue for a long time to come. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, okay, let's move on to the last one of the last two. I've gone green. Digital transformation. Okay, so obviously very similar to the one we've just discussed. Um, how, how would you differentiate digital transformation from digital disruption? Because transformation is something we probably hear companies talk more about in official um, statements about the work they're doing rather than disruption. So yeah. is that the kind of uh, difference that you would say it has as well? I, I think it is. I think you're right there. I think it's a it's a corporate buzzword. So it's a buzzword that's built around actually changing the organisation. Um, you know, I will loop back to actually the right sort of organisations is changing because you know what they're doing with customers and what they're doing with employees. Um, and I think a lot of the drive for digital trans transformation is around um, new technology to simplify as well. So the simplification is probably the third strand. 
you know, in terms of you know you, you implement digital transformation to simplify the organisation to be allow you to better transact with your customers and empower your employees. Um, is where I see it. Do you think, as a corporate buzzword, it is, it is overused? And do you think, um, obviously, some companies might say we are we are undergoing a digital transformation without actually there being a sort of coherent strategy around that? They've sort of said it and they believe that's what they're doing. But is, I guess it can't be defined, though, can it? Really, because for different companies, different sizes, different sectors, it's a very different thing. I, I think that's right. I think you know, I think it's all it's all it all comes from where you're starting from and, and where you're going to get to as to the level of your transformation as an organisation. Um, so I, I think it is used. I think it's used as a the right sort of anchor to actually change a business um, because it's it, it's recognised. It's recognised by employees that actually we are moving and involving the organisation. Do you think there is any type of transformation now that isn't a digital transformation? I, I think that's a leading question because no, I don't. <laughs> I think it's all. I mean, it's got to be, hasn't it? Yeah, you know, it is the absolute pillar. Of, um, of organisation, of, of everything we do, isn't it? Digital is the actual pillar of, of what we do nowadays. I guess that lends to the point where you, you see sort of IT and technology coming from very much a backseat to the forefront of organisations at the centre of the C-suite, CTO, CIOs are having more and more say. That's a trend that you've experienced as, as part of your, your jobs and your, and your conversations with other um, peers, as it were. Yeah, absolutely. I think when, when you have conversations at the C-suite, um, the, actual, the adoption of digital, the adoption of new technologies is, is definitely at the forefront of, um, of where they're driving change within organisations. Um, but having said that, the, the people change and the cultural change I think is, is well recognised now. So I don't think it's now a case of we, we're going to implement a new system um, and forget the employees because everybody realises and understands now that you never get the adoption that um, that you want with that, and you never get the change you want with that. So I think you know mature organisations, and, and you know it comes back to our Verizon 2.0 program that we're running. Um, that's all about you know bringing people with you, making people right for the next generation of of the, of the workplace. So I think that cultural change um, and um, the change in the workplace is um, is what's making digital change possible. Fantastic. One egg left. So it's not double yoke. Do we want two? Do we want two buzzwords? You know, let's hope DevOps hasn't haven't sneaked in there. Chatbots. Chatbots. As a consumer, do you do you like using chatbots? Um, so so actually, I do. I think um, I, you know, and certainly the field that we're in, um, in in you know, in the CX business in in Verizon, you know, we we see chatbots going in more and more. But we're at the infancy of it, you know, we're, we're starting to learn it. And I think the, the strategy for implementing strapbots, chatbots, is what's... Is that a new buzzword, strapbots? Yeah, next podcast. I think, you know, the, the way you implement the chatbot is what makes it successful or not. Not just in the technology that's supported, but actually how you present that to your customers. So, you know, if your customers understand that they are interacting with a chatbot, you will get in a better experience when you try and hide it that it's um, you know it's Craig that's interacting you on some sort of chat. It will fall down. Because well, why do you think companies do that then? What, what's what's their thinking when when they personalise the chatbot? I, I think pers- for that they're trying to sort of hide the transaction. I think and and I think it's your entry point into 
um, why you were implementing chatbots. You know, if it's purely about call deflection, you know, we want to do as much of this, automate as much of this as possible, um, it, it tends to be that sort of, that approach. If you approach this from, it's, it's a tool within our customer service strategy, um, we'll not hide that this is a chatbot, um, but you know, part of the reason for having chatbots is that you know, the learning that comes out of that, and it goes on the, the topic of AI and how you pull the information and transactions out of chatbots to learn so that they can be better. So for me, it's about being up, open up front around what you're doing and blend it in your strategy. Do you find that um, a lot of companies are adopting that kind of mindset or do you think they're still stuck in the, we, we want to we hide the fact that this is an automated response and not a natural human being? Do you think a lot of companies are still doing that? Um, I'm, I'm, I've not done a survey, so I yeah, don't know. Yeah. But I think there's definitely, I mean, from my personal experience, um, there's definitely a balance and there's definitely, you know, there's definitely organisations that, um, that are trying to hide them. Um, and then, yeah, there's certainly ones that you can see are, are up front. So I think it's still, it's still a blend. You said the technology itself is still in its infancy. How, how far and how big do you think that technology can grow? And how, how humanised can the risk, even though we're, we're being clear that it's a chatbot, as you said, how humanised can the responses become, do you think? And do you think you can have, get, we're going to get to a stage in the future where it feels like a human-to-human -human interaction completely? You know, it feels like, and it's not, I, you know, I'm not an AI expert. It feels like that there are immense possibilities out there. How far it's going to go, I, you know, it, it will go, I guess, as, as far as the technology will, will let it over time, but um, are we even going to get to the point where it's a human-to-human -human transaction? I think we probably will do in sort of X number of years. And you said you're certainly interested in it at Verizon. When you take the customer experience thing as a whole, where do chatbots fit into that and how much of a priority are they? Um, for, our, for our contact centres, um, yeah, so we, we do use chatbots, we use AI. Um, we've been quite open around how we do that with the with, with the wireless business in the states, um, and, and it's all part of that blender strategy. So you know we've been quite quite um, prescriptive that you know this is this is part of the experience that we want to give to our customers, um, with the mindset it was implemented um, to enhance the customer experience rather than anything else. I think if you go into it with that mindset, you're going to have success. Um, you know, and there's always opt-out channels that you can always get to a and life support within it. Um, and I think, you know, the customers that we're working with in, in Europe, when we're sort of pitching these ideas to them, um, recognise that as well now. You know, um, I think there was an early perception that chatbots meant cost out, um, whereas now I think people are, people are absolutely there that, you know, chatbots are about enhancing the customer service. What about for the call centre agents themselves? Maybe maybe one's listening to this and thinking, you know, chatbots are going to take over my industry and leave me without a job. What, what, what do you say to that? Do, do human agents still have an important role to play is the question, I guess? They, they absolutely do. And I think, you know, if, you, if, I mean, if, if the trends continue in terms of just on pure call volumes, you know, call volumes when you implement an automation strategy like this don't actually disappear anytime soon. They just allow um, agents to have a better interaction with um, with, with customers and what we are also seeing with some of the partners we work with that actually when you implement a chatbot the learning out of the chatbot and the information to the agent actually enhances the agent's experience um, you know they, they're dealing with better better quality transactions you can see where the customer's been and gone excellent Craig I think we're uh, 
we're done. All the eggs have been cracked open. We've successfully consumed the products. <laughs> and, uh, we've actually cut through some of, the, some of the buzzwords, especially in your industry. So thank you very much for the conversation today. Pleasure. Enjoyed it. Thank you. Power up your day with the Bulletin Brief, the latest news, insights and opinion delivered straight to your inbox. Subscribe now at digitalbullet.in.